Blog Talk Radio. Screw it. Gary Carter, Hall of Famer and former Mets legend. Two and a half million people that were on Broadway cheering for us and celebrating along with us. That's something that was one of the most exhilarating moments in my my life, in my career. Former Mets pitcher, World Series champion Gary Gentry. You don't think about the World Series, you're there. As long as we're here, we might as well win, right? Jerry Kuzman. And you watch two, three years down the line, everybody's pitching that way. It doesn't make it right. Nolan Ryan. When you get traded, I think it's that time. It's disappointing that you feel like mainly the organization that you came up with and you really feel a commitment and ownership to them, you probably get your feelings hurt a little. Chris Benson, who was a big student of the game and studied hitters and video. We're joined by Hall of Fame pitcher Phil Necro. Charlie Huff joining us. Rick Peterson joined us. I just want to act like a big market team in New York City. I don't need a $140 million payroll just to say we have it. I'm Matt Fad this morning. I'm joined by Steve Singer. What are your stuff with buddies? The last night, I, you know, because I'm in D.C., I get the Nationals uh, broadcast, and they were raving about Christianese hitting. No. <laughs> Gene Anthony. When he had Wheeler the first yeah. game, 114 pitches, freaked me out. I don't know if Dusty Baker called him and said, hey, you want to ruin your pitching staff? Because um, I, I got a great plan. We had fire and wood, and I, and I virtually just killed him. Stephen Keene from Crane Pool Society. Come on, we're not, you know, I know the ownership thinks we're idiots. Now you're going to think we're idiots, and then you want to know why people can't stand it. Nick Kalidas, what I want them to do is clear the whole outfield out. Just let it be, just be Duda. I want to see Duda in the center, but like ultra center, where he's just playing all three positions. And let him lead off. I want to see as much Duda as I possibly can. Well, 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 well. Um, we we have a interesting cult of Mets personalities to do today, because we are doing it as um, as a team that's going to the World Series. Um, almost almost sounds almost funny, doesn't it? <laughs> World Series. Hey guys, we're going to the World Series. How does that sound to you? Amazing. Woohoo! <laughs> oh, holy shit. That is good stuff. I like it. I like it. You know, and the the wild thing, um, and I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but in 2000, it didn't feel like the series. I mean, it felt like the playoffs up until the time the Yankees got in. And honestly, it felt like it felt like some sort of an exhibition afterward to me. And maybe it's because the Mets lost, uh, but... There was something about it where it didn't feel like um, what you would ordinarily envision a World Series to be. So this, this to me at least, feels – this is the first time I've had this sort of feeling since 86. Um, you guys feel it all the same way, or does this feel like the other postseasons to you? I'll, I'll start off. It, it definitely mm-hmm. feels different. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just – you know, 2000, you're right. It, it, it was very surreal – couldn't believe it was happening. The fact that it was against the Yankees was just odd. Um, but this one, yeah, it feels great. I mean, I'm pumped for it. We built to it. The excitement was there every step of the way. It feels very real, and I feel like we have a very real chance of winning the whole thing. It's just a, a great feeling right now. 
Gene, any uh, is it any different for you um, compared to 2000? Um, or I mean, what is the difference to you if there is one? We can just hang with the pitching. I mean, we were relying on what Al Leiter and Mike Hampton, um, uh-huh. and that was, and we and we had a lot of faith in Leiter because he was a gutsy kind of guy. But guess what? He, he would be our, you know, Bartolo Colon right now um, in this series. So this is, you know, when you see them talking about how does the other team hit against 95 miles per hour and higher, you know, and, mm-hmm. oh, by the way, every night they're going to see 95 miles per hour. And it's just unprecedented. It's, it's you know, you always want your hitters to do good, but you know yeah, what, what can happen in the big games with the hitters, and you always compare your hitters to better pitchers and, and other teams' experiences. And, and, you know, this team has pitching, has starting pitching, which is going to keep you in the games. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I was actually referring to the uh, the field. Like, does it feel more like a World Series than the Yankee Series, or does it? Um, is it kind of the same to you? I mean, the team itself. No, it, I mean, it goes. It goes yeah. back to the team feeling for me because I, I felt like okay. I almost felt like we were lucky to get in in 2000. It was more like we were lucky, and even okay. though I thought we had the better team than the Yankees, uh, I don't feel we're lucky to get into this World Series. Right. Yeah. For for me, yeah. one thing too, I mm-hmm. felt like it was like sure. inevitable that we were going to lose in 2000. As excited as I was, I just always felt like I was waiting for the other shoe to drop in the playoffs, in the build-up, in the World Series itself. I was like, this is going to end, and it's not going to be good, and it's going to be a disappointing ending. I have no feelings of that right now, and I haven't had it really mm-hmm. for for months. It's just it's getting better and better and better and better. And my God, you, you know, you sweep the Cubs. To get into the World Series, I mean, can it get any better than that? It just keeps getting better. And different heroes are coming up, and guys are hitting, and whether it's Murphy or Duda or Granderson, there are no pitching, the relief pitching, there's no weaknesses on the team right now. I just feel this feels so different for me. It's pretty wild. You know, let me, just before we get into this, uh, the series coming up and dissect it a little, little bit because I have some points I want to throw at you guys because I, I kind of came up with. Um, ten, 10 reasons why the, the Mets can't lose. Um, and I'd like, to, I'd like you to be devil's advocate, but beforehand, just, just looking at this Cubs series that we just went through, um, uh, and, and this is kind of a weird weird feeling, and I'm, I'm curious if you guys feel the same way or if you have a thought on it. Obviously, look, I'm not going to at all say that I'm, not, I'm unhappy with having swept the Cubs. I mean, I love dominating teams, and it's great to see it and everything. But the only but is that, you know, part of the fun of this is the ebb and flow of a series and the drama. And I am elated that we won the Dodgers series, but um, it was entertaining. And I was mad for the majority of the time because it came through. <laughs> but it, it engaged me. I was actually almost frustrated because I, needed, I had so much work to do. And meanwhile, I'm still constantly thinking about this game and going over this game and looking at message boards. And it's, it was a challenge to stay away from it. The Cup Series in the last game, um, I got distracted by work and I didn't even realize it ended. And then I looked over and I said, "Oh crap, the game's over." <laughs> and, and it's because the Cubs never had a lead. There was never it was never in doubt. And at the very end, instead of let's say that feeling from 2000 where Benitez comes in, and until Benitez gets out of it, up to the last pitch, you're you know that he's capable of blowing any lead you have. Um, in this case, the way we've been conditioned with Familia and the way the team's playing, 
you know, if it's if it's the ninth inning and there's an out or two, it's, you know, pay attention just for the novelty of it. But the game's over, and we've I don't think we've ever had that as a team. Not not, not in my lifetime. I can't think of a single closer that got that me that same feeling. I mean, I liked Wagner honestly, probably you know best out of the people that I physically watched. Maybe Randy Myers. Oh, John but, Franco uh, was easy. John Franco. <laughs> <laughs> I got eight in ten years every season. <laughs> oh my lord! Oh boy. Well, I mean, but, that, you know, that's the, my, to your my, point, though, Nick. Yeah, to, yeah, to your point, ahead, though. The, the, the first two games of the Cup uh-huh. series were, you know, exciting. I mean, they were yeah. interesting. We were home. You know, mm-hmm. the, just just getting to those pitchers was just incredible. Yeah, game three we had fun. It was blood. Game four was a coronation. Yeah, you know I think I said this to you. I'm like I kind of when the series started, I'm like I hope this goes to the six, and that the Mets win it at home. And then I think you're the one that was like, no, I just want to sweep. And now it's it happened. Yeah, you sound a little disappointed. But you know those first two games were awesome. The, the third game was fun, and the fourth was a coronation. Uh, so I I don't mind that we didn't have that kind of Houston Astros in '86 stress level. Frankly, I don't mm-hmm. know if my heart could handle it at my now advanced age, uh, but, <laughs> yeah. I, but I, I still a great series, though. Oh, you know, without a doubt. And it's funny, I, I was hoping for four, not because of the drama aspect, but because I thought that if the Cubs started fighting back, then they would wake up. Because honestly, the Cubs aren't, aren't as, nearly as bad as they looked, but they just, they natted out. I mean, they just basically just gave up fight so quickly, but you know, you didn't want to give them anything. But I, I did think that four was going to be at the sacrifice of some of the enjoyment of the series. And I mean, I really, and you can ask Gene this too. I mean, I thought, I sincerely thought there was no shot. This was going longer than five. I mean, I just didn't, I didn't see it from a team perspective and if, you know, I'm a fan too. So, you know, I can't say I'm not biased, but you know, I thought I was uh, to a degree. I mean, Gene, I mean, do you, what do you think about the lack of drama? Because obviously we, we were talking a lot during the series. Um, what is what is your uh, thought on that? I mean, obviously you want to have drama and win, but, you know, would you take a sweep? Yeah, I mean, it, it, especially what went on. I, I, here's how I, I go to the averages. The mm-hmm. Dodger series has so much drama that it just mm-hmm. averaged out. I looked at it as and, – and I'm always the guy, too, when I'm watching the team that's not mine saying, wow, they swept okay. – they're going to have a okay. long layover. I, I said, you know what? You win it any way you can. I don't mind that there wasn't a drama. And I do agree with Dave that the first two games were a lot more action-packed. But I don't want it going six because guess what? I thought this honestly. If the Cubs won game four and they managed to get game five, they have now they're putting the pressure on us. That means we have to win game six because we should have swept. And so mm-hmm. I didn't. I wasn't comfortable until that last out was made. You know, it's funny. Um, I, I totally agree with you as far as the you give them an inch and they're going to take a mile. But I really thought once the ending, when we headed toward the end of that last game, it was done. I mean, when you couldn't hit Tyler Clipper to save your season – then you're you're done. You're like <laughs> you've cashed it in. Not that he's terrible or anything, but I mean that's that shouldn't be a difficult task for a team like the Cubs to be able to hit Clippard. So, and you just, you kind of like allowed somebody like that to not even, you didn't even put up a fight against him. He, they just gave up. I mean, they didn't seem like they were doing much of anything. They they were missing balls. You know, the, the left fielder isn't even that bad a left fielder, honestly, usually, but he was playing unusually bad. You know, it's almost like, like, 
uh, version of Flores for us just kind of totally collapsing. That, that, so, that guy's got a great future as a DH mm-hmm. or a member of the Nippon <laughs> Ham Fighters. <laughs> you think he can be a real ham fighter? Dude, he would be the best ham fighter ever. He hit like 80 knocks in the 130-game Japanese season. That they would like name a – it would be like uh, Schwarber versus Godzilla. That guy would be a cult hero. <laughs> he would be the best ham fighter ever. God Schwarber. They, do, they have like a uh, little Schwarber ham fighter action figure. Man. I totally want to make that happen. Uh, you know what? Here's a question for you. Would you rather be a Marlin or a ham fighter? Oh, boy. That's a tough As an one, athlete, like I a professional go. athlete. Yeah, I gotta go with ham fighter. I mean, you know, you're yeah. a ham fighter. Hmm. Once you're a ham fighter, you you know, you're always a ham fighter. Gene, if they if they were to re-expand baseball into Canada and remake the Expos, would you, as a major league player, go for the prestige of being a ham fighter, or would you play for the Expos? I'd play for the Expos, man. I'd, I'd play for any team in the major leagues. Are you kidding me? I'd, I'd be a lug nut to get myself to really? the major league. Yeah. As opposed to a ham fighter. Because, you know, the hand fighter tradition, it goes far back. They have a lot of titles, you know, lots of titles. I don't, I don't, yeah, no. no, 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 I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. No. <laughs> I hear Jim, Jim Brewer is a hand fighter fan. Uh, <laughs> well, anyway, look, we have the World Series coming up. So so I I, I want to get your both of your breakdowns on this. Um, and um, like I said, I, I, I also came up with this – plan where we can't lose and I want I just want to get your both your perspectives on some of these things here and I think it'll also lead to us um having a conversation about the intricacies of these teams. So basically um at least from from my point of view, I just I can't see how Kansas City is possibly uh, can possibly be favored in this thing. Um I I think any major league team can win over a given period of time, but it just doesn't seem possible. So the first thing that I came up with was that um, uh, every single pitching matchup is wildly unbalanced. <laughs> uh, bottom line. So so obviously, let's say when we were talking about the Mets versus the Dodgers, right, or any team versus L.A., um, if you are pitch, if you were trying to play against Kershaw or Greinke, um, you don't look at the lineup of the Dodgers quite that much. You look at the pitching matchup, and unless you've got another ace going at them, they're going to have at least an edge. Um, so is there any flaw you can see in that logic? Do we have an edge in every single game, pitching-wise, against uh, Kansas City? I'll go first. Yeah, I, I think from the starting pitching, starting pitching standpoint, we do. But the main thing is this, and you mentioned mm-hmm. Clippard before, and the reason why the right. Cubs should have battered Clippard, mm-hmm. when you're building up your starting rotation to such a high level, remember back mm-hmm. any time you face a, face a big-time pitcher, once mm-hmm. you get to the bullpen, no matter who the bullpen is, that's not okay. the closer. You feel like you've won it, like you got right. that starter mm-hmm. out of there. And so mm-hmm. if our guys can't go deep, if our guys aren't lasting long and we mm-hmm. have to use, even though he did great, we have to mm-hmm. use the colognes as a bridge, that's right. where the, you lose the pitching matchup, where actually if you get into Kansas City's bullpen from their starters, mm-hmm. it's the other way right. around. So. I, I really I, I think that if our guys can do the same template pitching wise that they did mm-hmm. in Chicago and even Los Angeles, then you're you're 100 percent. That's the, that that's going to roll in our favor every time. Mm-hmm. But every time we put a reliever in there, they're going to feel like they got that starter out of there. Yes. Sure. I mean, Dave, do you kind of feel like 
I mean, because obviously what, what Gene just said is something that plays the chance. So, yeah, I mean, you, it's, you can make that argument almost across the board. You knock the starter out quick, and then you get to a different variable in the bullpen. But the reality is that would be an anomaly, most likely. Outside yeah. of Matt's, it hasn't happened yet. So, I mean, it could happen, but it's not likely. I mean, do you feel that that assessment is accurate as far as just we probably have the edge? Because in more, more innings than none, we will have a substantially better pitcher um, going against their lineup specifically that can't that doesn't have power, let's say. Yeah, I I definitely think the pitching matchup that we have is, is a huge advantage. Um, you know, especially on the starter side. Mm-hmm. I think you know mm-hmm. starters it's night and day. I do like the middle relief. I, I think Wade Davis, you know, uh, has pitched mm-hmm. very well. Uh, Hockenbeer mm-hmm. pitched very well. Uh, mm-hmm. But then you have you know Ryan Matt, and you know he hasn't. And you know they're up and down, so it's a little bit of feast or famine. And I mm-hmm. think that with the Mets' approach at the plate, we have a pretty good opportunity to uh, uh, get into the middle relief. Um, they do strike a bunch of guys out on this team. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Volquez, uh, Ventura, I mean, these are these are strikeout pitchers. So I worry that mm-hmm. um, if the Mets are, you know, let's point to Duda, for example. You know, he had kind of the breakout game four. But, you know, let's face it, the guy hasn't really swinging it that well in the postseason. Mm-hmm. David Wright's been a bit up and down. And we do have a guy that, that K a lot. Um, that scares me. But I think, you know, on balance, everything you said is absolutely true. Uh, top to bottom, our pitching staff is just much, much, much better. All right. So then, then looking at the different variables for each game. So then you have um, one thing that's been in the media a lot about Kansas City being able to hit um, the hard fastball really well. You know, they have some sort of a outrageous batting average against 95-plus. Okay, but, you know, there's been – there was another story I read where that it kind of talked about the issues that they have with breaking balls that are slow, which the pitchers that we have throw almost as often as they throw 100. <laughs> so they really – so so to me, we've seen the Mets against mediocre starters. We've seen the Mets against – uh, elite pitching, like they're going to be facing, let's say, at par- with parts of the bullpen of uh, Kansas City. Um, we haven't seen the Mets against a uh, bunch of singles and doubles hitters, but again, I think that the probability of having three or four hits generating a run as opposed to one swing limits the possibility of beginnings, um, you know, unless you're going to somehow think they're going to knock these pitchers out. So the, to me, the only real variable we've never seen before is how will Kansas City fare against power pitchers that also have that secondary stuff, which realistically not a lot of teams really have that. Um, so to me, so let me ask you guys this, all right? So with that thought process, how do you think um, how do you think Kansas City will react to dealing with the soft and the hard? Do you think that forget about the, the strikeouts, but you know, as far as just getting putting the ball in play, putting it at people, weak contact, do you feel like they have any sort of an edge, or this is just going to be a, a different sort of performance. And then, uh, in addition to that, in addition to that, we're, you know, you're looking, you're trying, you're looking to see if the Kansas City starting pitching can hold the Mets offense to what less than five runs a game. It's going to be very difficult because honestly, they every time they've they've faced a average pitcher in a playoff series, they've they've destroyed them. So they've been able to score three, four, whichever, against the Kershaws of the world and the Ariettas of the world. So basically, the Royals, and again, correct me if I'm wrong, I think would have to score five, six runs a game at least to be able to beat them, to be able to compete with how the Mets offense is going to work their pitching. So 
is that possible for four games that the Royals are which who have no no serious power? So we're not looking at a bunch of three run homers. Um, is it possible for them to score enough runs to win four games in this series? Yeah, can I start on this one? Because I, I yeah, think the short answer is no. Um, they do have a bunch of ham and eggers. I mean, they got guys, you know, that are, are 20 home run guys, right? 20 right. home run, 70 RBI mm-hmm. type of guys. Sure. Um, I do think, you know, Kane um, makes things happen. He's a high OBP guy with, you know, a, a big uh, OPS. Um, he's definitely a great player. Uh, Mustakas, you know, he can turn one around. Hosmers can hit a fastball. But on balance, this is a team that needs to, to bunch good things together to score runs. You know, if the Mets starting pitching, is, and it's an if, is as good as it has been, you know, I see them competing well. I see them certainly trying. But do you think the mm-hmm. Kansas City Royals offense is better than the Dodgers or the Cubs offense? I don't. Certainly not better than the Cubs. And, uh, you know, the Mets handcuffed them for four straight games. Now, do I think that the Royals are going to compete well and be in every game and, and win a game or two? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But they're not going to do it by virtue of a 10-run output or by mm-hmm. virtue of a shutdown pitcher. They're going to win like a 5-4 to four game, right? They're going to win like a 4-2 mm-hmm. to two game. Sure. Uh, I just I, That offense doesn't scare me. If, if, a, guy, if a couple guys get hot and, and get, get Murphy-esque, you know, mm-hmm. Kane and, and Hosmer and a couple other things, sure. sure. Mm-hmm. They could go crazy, but that, that offense does not scare me. It, I think it's a good offense, but it doesn't scare me. Mm-hmm. Gene, do you sort of agree with that? And also, you know, comment on this too, you know, to piggyback on Gene, on Dave's point. Uh, you're talking about um, an offense that, you know, can, is it as good as the Dodgers? Is it as good as the Cubs? Um, both those teams had better pitching than Kansas City, so most likely they're going to have to score more than those teams would have had to score to win these games, unless – Again, unless you see this differently, I the fact that they have no power, I don't think is something where like a lot of people are saying, well, they'll just dink the Mets to death. I think it's more a matter of how are they going to string together a three-run homer because the, the amount of mistakes they need to be able to pull rallies together to score enough runs, it's just to me it sounds very unlikely. I mean, really unlikely for them to do it. Well, a couple of things. I mean, if they if Justin Turner almost beat us single-handedly in that first <laughs> and so yeah. and that was mm-hmm. somebody that was not a power guy that was just yeah. he was getting the ball in play and and everything mm-hmm. fell for a double. So, right. you know, I, I don't lend a lot to that. One of the things though that's important for me, you know, just mm-hmm. think about Mike Pelfrey and and Bobby right. Parnell. They both right. threw 95 plus straight as an arrow. These guys that we have, 95-plus, there's really little that's straight. They move it. They change speeds. They have different cuts on their fastballs. And, you know, each of them, interestingly, didn't breeze through their starts. We had a great start from DeGrom in the first series, a great start from Harvey in the second series. They pitched really good, but they had stress innings. They they went through some adversity. If they were just breezing through – I'd be a little bit anxious because if they hit their first stumbling point, if you look at DeGrom, one of the, you know, one of the concerns and maybe why he's going after Harvey is he, mm-hmm. he, he battled it out, but he wasn't like knocked down your door great. And he wound up, when you look at his numbers, they were, but we know what we can get from him. So 
we just have to keep an eye on on their hitters. Them putting it in play only means they're not going to strike out, but they might be hitting to double plays. You know, they're, the lack of power, how we became all of a sudden a home run hitting team. Like when they say, oh, the Mets are home run hitters, I'm like, which team are you watching? But in actuality, they've turned out to be a home. You know, it had to make you guys laugh, too, when they said, well, the Mets live and die by the home run. And I'm like, what? But actually of late, they, they're, you got to say that they're a home run hitting team. And so that's how you're going to put up those crooked numbers. And, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of attention is going to go to Murphy. And I know that's part of your question, but, you know, there's mm-hmm. other guys in this lineup, you know, Cespedes and Wright and even Mr. Duda, uh, and I say even Conforto and Granderson that are going to be contributing. Well, yeah, think, mm-hmm. to that point, think about this lineup, you know, compare and contrast with Tejada out, you know, and it's very unfortunate the way he went out. You go through that lineup, you know, Granderson, Murphy, you know, Wright, Spedas, Duda. I mean, Darno, every single person through Flores is a home run hitter. You know, you know yeah. there might not be 35, 40 bomb guys, although Spedas and Duda certainly can be, but mm-hmm. every one of those guys is a home run threat every time they're at the plate, and that is a different kind of lineup than we've had in the past. Now, it, mm-hmm. it, that lineup had some cold spots, but my mm-hmm. goodness, Darno coming up hitting bombs, you know, Seth Spedas, you know, can hit a home run every single time he swings the, uh, a toothpick. You know, that's a powerful, powerful lineup, and I just don't, don't see the Royals putting up that kind of power against our guys. I just And you're going to have that. finally a DH in the National League on the Mets that could hit home runs too. So Absolutely. it's not as if we're throwing in uh, a backup mm-hmm. third baseman as our as our DH. Kelly Johnson's going in there. We might see if Newenheist makes the squad. He might be in. you got guys well, like Cuddy. I think Cuddy, Cuddy's got a DH. Cuddy, Cuddy's got a DH. Cuddy. I mean, well, well, even though he's soft. Uribe's going to be back. No, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. Kadir's the DH. I mean, there's no question about it. Kadir's going to be DH. Get off Kadir, man. Come on. That guy is – he's just a moral <laughs> leader. That's what we need him for. Put him, <laughs> give him some pom-poms. Kadir is the <laughs> thing. There's no, there's no doubt about it. He is the DH. Get over it now because it's going to happen. He's the, no, no. He's a designated <laughs> – he hands out the world championship belt. That's what he does. And he does it well. He's the greatest eleven million dollar year job ever. Actually, they love him. You know, it's funny. What an advantage I see with the DH that uh, is interesting is that we can leave our pitchers in longer. You know, we might get an extra right. inning out of the starters because they we don't have to kind of double switch and do things like that. So right. that's this is why I something. hate. I hate the DH. This is why I hate the DH. Because it's so much more interesting in the National League. When you mm-hmm. come up to the sixth inning, there's a guy on base. You know, there's two outs and the pitcher's up. Mm-hmm. What do you do? Do you let him swing, you know, or do you take him out and try to get the run in? I, you know, I just can't stand this boring American we'll get, League baseball, you know. We'll get three games Sorry. to see that. Yeah, I know. Well, man. yeah. I know. Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this. That's an interesting thought right there with the DH. So, um What's a bigger advantage, the fact that since we have better starters, we wouldn't have to take our starters out? Like we can, maybe you can get that extra inning? Or do you think the fact that they don't have the pitcher to rely on to strike out every few innings, does that um, make it a lot harder? And maybe that extra pressure on these guys is enough to make them um, kind of fall just a bit. What do you think is the bigger, I'll, the bigger strength out of those two? I'll give, you, I'll give you what this is worth. Let's, let's put it into a math equation. Ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. The whole National League versus American League Mets per- pitchers versus their pitchers, it is worth one run in the entire World Series. That is my prediction. It's going to make a difference of one run that those guys can't bunt the run over 
for it. They're just going to get up and strike out every single time, and our guys are going to hit. You know, pitchers will hit 125 and have two successful sacrifices. It's going to make one run of difference. But maybe that's the difference in the World Series. Who knows? No, actually, be, I, I, that wasn't necessarily the point I was, I was trying to make. I, I'm not talking about the fact that our pitchers can hit better than theirs because they've been used to it. What I was talking about is the Mets pitchers, instead of having the pitcher to get out of innings with, I mean, how many times did we see them walk the guy at the eighth hitter to pitch the ninth hitter? Right. Since they don't have that crutch anymore, what is the bigger advantage for which side? The fact that the Mets don't have to take out the arm to replace for a pinch hitter or the fact that they have to face an actual hitter in that spot so you don't get a chance to skip over a lineup and kind of end an inning um, with the mercy rule pretty much? Yeah, I mean, it could, it could make a difference. American League teams, are, you know, they're built uh, more for a DH. You know, they carry a... Mm-hmm. a a guy like a Uribe is maybe not a good defender, but can still hit. So I think yeah. that could negate any advantage we get on the National League side. Um, I'll, I'll toss this one over to Gene because I'm clueless. Well, I, I like the Gene? fact that you, I like the fact that you can keep the, the starting pitcher and you don't have to make a decision. You can go purely on pitches and how they're doing and not where they are in, in the lineup. So, and again, you can't separate this from what's going on at the back end of that bullpen. The quicker you can get the game to Familia the better off you are. And, I, and, you know, I have to, you know, we've not all been on board with Terry and what he's been doing, but mm-hmm. this guy for a kind of lackadaisical approach and not really even the Dodger series, we're very critical. This guy's going for the jugular, and and he's mm-hmm. noticing he doesn't care whose feelings he hurts or doesn't hurt. He's getting his ass to Familia any way he can, no matter what it takes, and even in as much as, once he did get leads in games, he had the runners going. He was taking as much as he could do to put your knee on their neck. And I hadn't ever seen Terry Collins do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that's a good so, point. So I really like the idea of the ability to keep them in another inning because it doesn't, you know, they're not going to be running the bases. Even though they kind of hit his pitchers, which is a different point, you, you could almost say each of these guys should be going six to seven innings unless something breaks down. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that, to that point, you know, you know, gets into the tactics. You know, these first two games really could define the entire series. I mean, you've got Harvey and DeGrom in KC in cold weather, maybe rainy weather, um, at their place. Um, so pitch counts be damned. I mean, let's get these guys, you know, either one of them throws a, you know, a seven and two-thirds, eight-inning gem, and we bring in Familia to get the last three, four, five outs. We have got to take one of those games. And then it's lights out. I mean, you coming back with Syndergaard, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a match kind of uh, cologne combo for the game four starter, and then you got boom, 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 your top three guys. I really think if the, the Mets, I would love to see them take the first two games, uh, obviously, but I think they take one of two in KC, and then really the map just starts being really in our favor. And then you can plan out games six and seven and say, look, you don't have to worry about the score. You don't have to worry about where you are in the lineup. But you say game six and seven, if I have to bring in a starter, two stud starters, this is how it's going to play out. You can run the scenarios and not have to worry about is the fifth inning your only chance to score is the pitcher hitting right now, but you've got to take them out. Yeah. You can, yeah, you can plan out. You can plan that out, game six and seven, which are going to be, if they play them, the most important. So it really gives you some – when you have four power, power arms, if you had just one, then you've got to do the Bumgarner thing. But having four, it, well, three, really, but, you know, Matt's wouldn't be the guy that you would do that with unless there was an all-left-handed lineup coming up, you know, for an inning or so. 
Yeah, well, that's a great point. That's a great point. And really, you know, even there, you know, in that kind of pivotal games, you know, when it comes to it, where Terry hasn't, you know, done a lot of mixing and matching with the bullpen, there's still some some real good pitchers that could play a role and step up. I could see, mm-hmm. you know, Addison Reed or, you know, even a John Neese coming in and just doing something special for uh, an inning or two that just turns a game around. And um, I can't wait to see that in, in a game or three or four scenario. Okay, guys. So so I got one for you. This, this one is, uh, I think, more deba- debatable. It's a, a personal opinion, but I, I uh, there's merit to it, I think. All right. So we're talking about middle bullpens and, and the Royals have a giant edge. Okay, I'm going to make a statement here, and you tell me if I'm right or wrong. The Mets have a guy in their bullpen that couldn't crack the World Series rotation that would be a number, the number two starter on the Royals. Yes or no? <laughs> yes. <Is that> my cologne? <laughs> yes. Yes. You know, I don't think he's the number two starter there. I mean, the, the Royals pitching staff, you know, with Cueto – it's pretty good. I mean, it's not a great. Chris Young is number four, dude. Chris, Young, well, remember Chris Young? Chris Young had a good <laughs> that season. That guy. Yeah, Chris Young had a good season. I mean, really, if you look uh-huh. at his stats and what he's done, yeah. he's still not blowing people away. But um, his K nine, his K nine in the postseason is eleven point four two, with a three one two ERA and a one point one five WHIP. Um, the guy's pitching well, you know. So, do I love Chris Young? Yeah. No. But I mean, he's you know he, he's he's serviceable. I think the Mets are going to share him a new ass. I really mm-hmm. think they're going to just jump all over him. But uh, no, he's he's pitching well. Well, but I'm not I'm not saying that they're terrible. What I'm what I'm saying though is Cologne is you know, you know with all the the jokes everyone kind of makes, and um, I mean I'm probably in front of that line. Um, and the guy is a what is what did he win this year? 14 games or something? Something he like won the most games in the staff. Yeah. So yeah. You know, I so where would he place in that rotation? I mean, maybe you can make an argument he's not two. He third. He's, he's their number three after Cueto uh, and Bolquist. Wow. So, uh, so that I mean, to me that that says something because we're talking about middle relief. So the, their their middle relievers aren't good enough to start. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, that that's at least an argument that can be made that we have a better arm in there. And how many do you need? I mean, even if they can go deep, like. Every game, are they going to go two innings per guy until until the closer? I mean, I I don't see where. I mean, any team can win, obviously, but I just don't see any scenario where it's likely that that's going to work out for them. Um, and they're going to get that first pitcher out quick enough so they don't let up five runs, which is going to be very we difficult to come like, back from. Yeah, yeah, we need like a game four in the Dodgers series, you know, a lot where we're getting one, two, three runs in the first, second inning mm-hmm. consistently off those starters. Mm-hmm. It, it takes the pressure off of our starters. It loosens up the players. Remember, we're still mm-hmm. a relatively young team in a lot of mm-hmm. positions. Mm-hmm. And then it puts them on edge. It gets their pitch counts up to get to that middle relief. Uh, I, I definitely think that's our advantage, and that's kind of what I see is, is, is the biggest thing that we need in games one and two, a couple early runs. That is going to make all the difference. Um, and because you're right, you know, their pitching is not that great starting. But their middle relief, it's it's damn good. It is damn good. The quicker we get to it, the more we wear them out, the better. Gene, I got one for you. All right. So now, okay, we we haven't been trailing in a game since we played the Dodgers. <laughs> not, <laughs> not not one inning, not one moment. And the reality is that um, technically we didn't really lose game two of the Dodgers series because. 
um, you know, the umpire sort of handed it to them. So you can make an argument, even though it's, you know, obviously warped fan logic in a way, but we beat Krenke and, Ger- and Kershaw um, in a series that we played them five games. We beat those two four out of five times with Kershaw just winning one. And then the Cubs didn't have a lead. I mean, the Mets annihilated these guys. And do you think how much of that plays into the confidence, plays into things? Because obviously Kansas City is very confident, but also com- probably completely unaware of us. They've been involved in a series themselves. And, and realistically, you couldn't find two teams that are less on each other's radar than Kansas City and the Mets, so outside of maybe Seattle or something. I mean, it's <laughs> both fan bases are even getting used to each other. So, you know, do, how much do you think the confidence level really has to do with this, or is it just talent versus talent and, um, you know, it's a series normally will just unfold the way it's going to unfold? Well, it's, I mean, I would imagine, and not saying this to be a homer, that, mm-hmm. you know, four arms throwing 95-plus is what is going to rev them up. Like, hey, guys, guess what? They got f- four guys, and, and everybody knows that in baseball. Toronto, I think, would have been more of a, hey, guys, these SOBs can hit and hit for power. I mean, they are dangerous, more so than mm-hmm. the Cubs. So that would be what I think for the Mets, they just have to rely on their veteran leadership. And, and I'm not even talking company line like David Wright here, but – you know, relying on your veteran leadership to say stay up for every game because what they run the risk of is saying, hey, Cueto, they're not as badass as, as Arietta, as Lester, Kirsch. They have to stay up for every single game. And, it, and in World Series, mm-hmm. it's not hard to do that. It's the easiest thing in the world is to stay up and get pumped. So from, a, from an intensity watch out for, I'm sure Kansas City's mm-hmm. hearing a lot more of that than what's being, what, what do you promote like – for Kansas City, you say their bullpen is strong. You know, uh, they have they have starters that can start. I think the number one advantage that Kansas City has, and why they might be advantage in this series, is they were there last year. And that's the only thing that you can say. The Mets weren't there last year. Both teams earned it this year, but they weren't there last year. They don't have the World Series experience. What does that What does that account for? I don't know. Well, what has it accounted for so far this postseason? <laughs> I mean, anyone that's been there last year has lost so far, except for Kansas City. Right, but they you know, know they um, know what to expect. They have the unfinished business mantra, whatever. You know, I, I'm hoping they lose two in a row and they get more experience for next year. Yeah, you know, I, I have a few more things that I'd like to get to here, but obviously we're going to run out of time pretty soon. So um, I got I got a couple of questions for you guys, and then you can both throw anything out there you might want to bring up. So. Um, First, first question here is this: um, Now, will do you feel that the Royals will get um, uh, any bit of, let's say, shame or feel bad after two, after let's say game two and three when they realize that they just struck out a whole bunch against two female tennis players? Because <laughs> it would be emasculating, right? Because the two, I know they're very big women, the two of them. But it's uh, it's tough, you know. They 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 can throw really hard. <laughs> You're not right in the head. That's the question you said. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this, is in, this is this is interesting. Uh, so yeah. Michael Barron just posted right. that Kelly Johnson uh-huh. is going to DH in Game One for the Mets. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Um, that's crazy, man. I, well, I thought you were just lying. <laughs> no, the left. No, no, no. The, the, I, that's not my original. But it's the lefty. You know. And he's one of the leaders. Uh, it's a better matchup. 
You sure it's not like a handicap, like a golf thing? Well, uh, yeah. To make it more interesting? No. Maybe I Fox think, or, I, I like, or TBS I like, Payton I like or something. I like Ligaris against any lefty. Mm-hmm. I just think, uh, you know, he's been quietly excellent at uh, the dish. And he, he was batting like 500 in the postseason. I haven't looked up his numbers in a while, but I don't know why you wouldn't what? put Ligaris there. I think I think what's happening is they're not 100% on Cespedes yet. And so if he has yeah. to come out of the game like he did in Chicago, right. that's mm-hmm. that's I think that's what's happening, Dave. But you're right. It would have been interesting even even doing the DH as Cespedes. But, um, yeah, I think that those things are working together. Hmm. I think it's kind of do- – does anybody think it's kind of douchey that they didn't pick their starting rotation until the last minute? The they didn't name it. Uh. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think I think they did it at the right time. When, when did they announce? Yesterday. Yeah. yeah you know, I think right it says time. something. You know, honestly, I know that they were leaking out, or it was kind of like thought that Taquito would um, maybe, perhaps, not start Game One, and he is starting Game One, right? I think that's what they ended up having. I, I, am I mistaken, or did they not go with Cueto in, in the first one? No, it's Cueto. Yeah. Oh, no, Volquez, I mean, Volquez, Volquez, I'm sorry. Volquez it is Volquez, is yeah, bingo. All right, so, and Volquez is, is the better pitcher. And to me, I do think it was a little gamesmanship, um, but I'm thinking if they already start feeling after, you know, doing the, the talent evaluation that they have to start playing games, um, to me that's – doesn't that – I mean, maybe I'm, I'm looking too much into it, but doesn't that read like a team that's trying anything that they can to get some sort of a leg up? You know, like yeah. if you're really confident – just you know, t- tell us who who's who's pitching against us and come out and play it. And to me, they're already yeah. trying to be you know, yeah, exactly like like playing a little bit of a shell game. Yeah, yeah I, I you know, the thing is, the Mets just dominated a very 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 good Cubs team, and they beat a very very good Dodgers team. And I think you know the the, the Mets are the juggernaut right now. You know, so Kansas City needs to do everything they can. They've got a small market mentality. They're a small market team. They're a bunch of ham and eggers. They don't have a star pitcher. They don't really have a star, uh, you know, slugger. You know, Kane's certainly a star. It's just a ham and egg team. They, they're kind of like the scrappy 69 Mets to me in a lot of ways without Tom Siebert. <laughs> that team doesn't really work well without Tom Seaver, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Isn't Tom Seaver the whole point of that team? <laughs> and Gil Hodges. Uh, if it wasn't for the match being in there, I would be rooting for Kansas City. That's good. That's a lot of you know, I know Fredo had a bit of a juice the other day. But uh, that's mm-hmm. a scrappy bunch, man. That's kind of, that reminds me of, reminds me of us. I'm loving this World Series. I think it's going to be just a tremendous um, battle between two worthy teams, and, and I do think we're going to win it. Pretty handling. You didn't want to see Dickey, Dickey against Syndergaard. I, I I wanted to play the, the Blue Jays. Uh, I think I was mm-hmm. the game, I wanted to play the Blue Jays just because I think it was a more fun matchup, more stars. Kansas um, mm-hmm. City. No, but shit, it's the World Series, man. Come on. <laughs> of course. All right. La- last question, guys. Um, do you feel that the fact that the Royals already beat John Gibbons, they've already got all their Met beatings out of their system, and they just can't do it anymore? You know, our back backup catcher from the '80s, they they beat him. <laughs> so like that's enough, right? I think. No, it's funny. Yeah. Because I I liked John Gibbons a lot when he was coming up. I had all these high expectations for him. Uh-huh. He was scrappy. Uh-huh. I thought he was going to be the next John Stearns, and <laughs> yeah, he did like nothing for the team. 
And now yeah. when I see him, he looks like such a grumpy puss, you know. I'm like, what happened to that young, cherubic backup catcher that I loved so much, you know, 25 years ago? Now he's like a douchebag. He's like Chucky, you know. It looks like he's pissed at everything. I just want to give him an enema. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it happens to all of them, though. What about Gardenhire? Gardenhire wasn't this guy, uh, you know. He looks like Kenny Gardy's Rogers, so cool. like, after a lot of chicken. Uh, Gardy's so cool, though. Gardy's cool. Give him a douche. Gardy's cool. Uh. <laughs> hey, hey, Gene, do you feel like Mike Fitzgerald should be involved in this series somehow? Mike Cubbage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mike Cubbage. <laughs> Let him watch it. Oh God! All right, guys. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna take predictions from both of you. Before we do, is there anything else you want to bring up before we get uh, we get started here? Yeah, Chris Christie was thrown off the quiet car on an Amtrak train down from DC to New Jersey. Do you think Matt is Matt um, is Matt interviewing him? Is that where he is right now? Just, is he covering the Chris 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 Christie Christie uh, Amtrak thing or no? Well, I think he's covering think so. a bar mitzvah near the Chris Christie event. He attended Chris Christie, then he went to a bar mitzvah, then there was a frat party followed by a tailgate that precedes the tailgate that comes after <laughs> the the following tailgate that you know for when they watch the giant game on DVR. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think so. I think that was the itinerary. I think I have it over here somewhere. All right, cool. Uh, Gene, I just any want to other? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Gene, got anything else to bring up before we do the predictions? No. Let's go Mets. All right. Well, um Dave, give me give me your thoughts. What what is uh g- give me your thoughts on A, will the Royals ever have a lead? Will we will we be losing in any game remaining in this playoff series? And number 2, how long will it go? Well, of course the Royals are going to lead. I mean, the Royals are a good team. I mean, I'm kind of making light of it, but they're, they're different because mm-hmm. they're a team. You know, they're not relying right. on one or two guys to carry them. Mm-hmm. Neither have we, although Murphy and the starters certainly did their best mm-hmm. to make it seem that way. They, they are a good right. team. Um, I think they're going to fight in every game. I think they're certainly going to win a game or two. Um, I think there's going to be some scary moments, and I think our starters – you know, there are going to be one or two times when they fall down and have a bad inning or two. Uh, that said, I think the Mets are going to win this. I love them in five. That seems to be the popular pick, but I think I'm going to say they're going to win it in six. I think we're going to split uh, the first two, and then uh, I think we're going to take, um, you know, a couple of games at home. And, and Gene, what do you think? Selfishly, I'm going to game four, so I hope that the Mets sweep. Um, that would be unreal to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I don't, you know, listen, if you, you asked me about the Cubs series, and I thought that was going to mm-hmm. be a coin toss because you were dealing – I say pitching will prevail over hitting, but their hitting was extraordinary, especially in the playoffs, mm-hmm. and they manhandled them. You know, this is probably going to go to game five or six. So I'm going to say um, even more selfishly, Mets in five. All right. And you saw Nick. Let's hear your prediction, buddy. Well, I'll tell you what. I think that um, there's a lot of stuff in the media from people that aren't paying much attention to us, thinking that we are a 90-win team and, you know, yada, yada, yada. And, you know, the reality is that um, 
if you if you had this hitting since April, this team would probably lead the majors and wins, and that's what we're you know barring injury, knock on wood, it's probably what we're looking at next year, assuming they they sign who they have to sign. So this this is not this is a legitimate World Series team, and I really think the Royals, when you look at them, although they are a team, I mean like I I see what I see too. I mean I agree with you, but they don't seem like a World Series team that's meant to you know, win. They seem like a the one that outlasted everybody else. There's a lot of parity going on in the American League. I just don't see a team. I see a team like the 2000 Mets, honestly. Yeah. Not obviously they're they're built uh, in a slightly different way, but the 2000 Mets were more of a a team where it's kind of the sum of the parts were a little bit better than the uh, than the individual parts. And really, when the 2000 Mets came in contact with a team with more talent, with more um, basically with more guns, they lost in five, um, and they fell apart. Um, and I think that that's what we're looking at here. So I think if you're going to – anyone that's hoping for this to go six or seven games, I think they better get their DVRs ready because they're going to have to replace some of them. <laughs> that's pretty much it. Uh, so to, to quote Ivan Drago's little uh, sidekick, you know, they don't have the genetics to win. They're not capable. I think we will take this in four um, – Maximum five. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if it was five, but I, I think um, I just think from a probability standpoint, too much has to go right. I think the odds are that um, that they'll have trouble pulling even one game out of this. Um, I don't even know if they'll get a lead. They they might <laughs> just because they're a real team, but I got I have to see it first. It, which I can't believe I'm saying this about my this team, my own baseball team that I follow, but I have to see them. I have to see them play badly in the playoffs because they haven't played badly outside of one inning after Utley chopped off uh, our shortstop's leg. I mean, that, that's pretty much it. So unless I see it, I think that they're not going to be beaten. I love it. Yeah. Has anybody else lost respect for Ron Darling as an announcer? He's been yeah. horrible. He's been. No. I don't know if, if you've been listening to the games or just watching it cuddling with your no, girl. No, Come no. on. It, it, He's been <laughs> horrible. <laughs> The problem is he's very polite, and Ernie and Cal Ripken were awful, and Ron is just like, you know, he's kind of the guy that does what everybody else is doing. He's not the leader. You know, he follows Gary Cohn's lead or Keith's lead. So he's just right. following the lead and how he's been trained on SNY, and, you know, he's as bad as the other guys, but I haven't lost respect for him. I think he'll be he's great again. I mean, he had some good insights. He was just, he's just oh, trying to be nice to Cal Ripken. Cal Ripken was horrible. Oh, the, they, they were all horrible. Yeah, we well, you know yeah, what. For honestly, a guy that good. Well, is he that good? I mean, look. You know what, man? Let me no. <laughs> throw this in here. Let me throw this in here. Okay. Well, look, 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 Come look. On. You know what? The the sum of the parts um, no. in their broadcast no. booth really work. Because look, when they do, you remember? Do you remember when? Did you watch any of the games when Gary Cohen wasn't there and he was doing play by play? That is the worst. That was the worst. Announcing performance I've ever heard in my yeah. entire life. That was that was that was really bad. I mean, that, I I rather I can I can name Mets bloggers I'd rather hear than him doing another inning. I mean, he was terrible. I mean, awful, but it was awful, more awful. like he forgot a bunch of things that he saw this year. There were points where he could have brought up. He didn't have to root for the Mets, but he could have brought up some facts about the Mets. I mean, and he and, and, and the Cespedes thing just just. Not even like querying. I think he got gun shy after he thought that there was 
the 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 umpires gave out warnings the first game mm-hmm. or the game after yeah. the Utley game, and he started getting very mm-hmm. emotional. And then he was embarrassed. He said, "I'm embarrassed. Mm-hmm. I said that." And then after that, you that couldn't get replay. anything out of the guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cool. Well, I mean, I if, he, if they don't have the guys to work off of, you know what I mean? How is that even possible? Like, yeah. he, does, he had yeah. Ripken, man. Ripken stinks. I mean, he's terrible. I I'd rather what is he going to do, Ripken. you know? <laughs> Billy Ripken. <laughs> Let's go, man. There's no Ripken. I don't understand. Like, I understand why the Ripkins are in baseball still. I don't understand why any of them are broadcasting. What? Am I missing something here? They stink, don't and, they? And the people really call him Iron. Is, is that really a nickname, or is that just something he made up? I mean, how embarrassing. Uh. <laughs> All right. Hey, I, got, I got a bowl, guys. Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to finish up here anyway. All right, guys. Well, listen, it's been fun. Um, we will, uh, I guess we'll check in. We'll try to check in again throughout the week. Maybe uh, have a couple of shows during the week. We're going to have something coming up uh, with a couple of 69ers, I'm sure. Um, we'll have a little fun there. And then maybe we'll we'll find Steve Keen wherever he is and see uh, see if he's caught that little chicken and if whether he's taking care of Tejada like a little baby bird. You know, we'll find out. <laughs> all, all of that lovely stuff. Um, in the meantime, for uh, Mr. Dave Singer, for Mr. Gene Anthony, I am Nick Kalidas, and we are the Cult of Mets Personalities on WBAR Radio. Home of...